Welcome to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining me tonight on the Dating and Relationship Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I'm Laura Bellotta, your host from singleinthecity.ca. Sitting in with me tonight is TV personality and philanthropist Joan Kelly Walker. Hi, Joan. Hi there. Joan, are you ready uh, for some spicy topics? Yeah, I'm. I'm a little nervous. This is very <laughs> I'm spicy. Not. For, I've been married for 20 years. <laughs> this could help you. It could. Uh, we like to explore all things dating and relationships on this show, diving into areas that might not be too familiar. Our guest tonight is definitely someone who likes to shake things up and touch on subjects that we're all curious about. We are joined by Sarah Rose. She's a certified tantric love and relationship coach. She's here to explore uh, tantric sex and how being more in touch with your sexuality can help your confidence in the real world. Sarah will also be offering advice to those with performance anxiety. She is all about helping people rock it in the bedroom so they can rock it in life, something that deserves a little bit more exploration. Building confidence and learning to be in control of your sexuality is something that we can all learn a thing or two about. Thank you for joining us tonight, Sarah. Hey, so glad to be here. Yeah, so we have a lot to cover, so let's get started. All right, so Uh, Sarah, a big part of what you do is based on gaining confidence in your sexuality and using this to improve your relationships with yourself and translating this into everyday life. How do we apply these things to our lives? What can we gain from doing this? So when we're looking at humans from a biological perspective, we're here for two reasons, procreation and survival. So when I'm working with clients, we do a lot of work around feeling safe inside of our bodies um, because that's first and foremost and like cutting cortisol, reducing stress. Um, because if you're, um, if you're feeling stressed, like you're going to be in that fight or flight mode or even freeze state and you're not going to be able to even move into procreation mode, whereas you're going to want to have sex. And so um, that's really super important first is to like, I call it creating this inner ecology of safety inside of our bodies. And then from there, we can move into the procreation aspect of us, which, you know, most for most of us, we're not having sex all the time uh, for procreation, but still that's the biological urge that we have. And the way I look at it is we have these two core aspects of who we are that have to be in order and taken care of. And uh, before we can really move into these other areas of our lives and fully thrive. So if you're not thriving on a survival level, if you're not thriving on the level of your sexuality, then the rest of your life is going to suffer and you're going to not have core confidence. And so also looking at it from the perspective of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, like and if we are moving towards self-actualization, which a lot of um, people these days really are because so many of us have this survival uh, aspect of us taken care of in this modern era that we're in, um, like self-actualization is something that we're desiring to have. And if your sexuality, your sex life isn't thriving, you're not going to be able to reach that pinnacle. So it's a really important aspect of our entire lives. 
I love that. And what about working on loving ourselves? I find that when we don't like ourselves, we tend to project what we don't like about ourselves onto our partners. I, uh, the more we accept ourselves, I find the more tolerant we are of, of other people that are around us. Um, and if there's something that, you know, you don't like about yourself, take responsibility and focus on maybe improving yourself. I think that would, will help improve your relationships as well. Yes, definitely. So the three prongs that I work with people on primarily are safety, love, and belonging. And so creating this inner ecology of safety, love, and belonging. Because if you, exactly like you said, if you don't have self-love, then you're not going to be able to give and receive love to and from others. And that's such an important aspect of, of a thriving relationship is being able to accept and receive um, and give. So you're not, you know, shutting down, you're not projecting onto somebody else. And then also the aspect of belonging is so important. Like that, it comes from our days in tribal society. Like our tribe was everything. We had to have them in order to survive. And so often now our tribe is our romantic partner. And so if we don't have this sense of belonging inside of ourselves, then we're going to always be trying to get that from someone else or trying to get a sense of safety from something external or trying to get a sense of, of love from something external rather than feeling whole and complete inside yourself. And then from that point, being able to be in partnership with someone else that also feels whole and complete. And then you come together and create a relationship, which is just on this level of thriving and just amazingness and doing all the, the cool things that couples these days want to do, because, you know, we've moved so far beyond the days of like, Oh, we have to be together for religious reasons or societal reasons, or even reasons, even having children. Like we don't have to be together for these same reasons that we did in the past. Now people are together most of the time because that's what they want to do. Mm-hmm. So if somebody's struggling with, with, you know, safety, love, belonging, you know, a lot of times that's really deep rooted for someone. How do you get to that place? If you feel like, you know, I'm not feeling safe, I'm not feeling loved. I don't have a sense of belonging. Yeah, I use the three-part brain model. So we work with getting the cortex, the limbic system, and the primal brain all in alignment, and then backing all of that up in the body so that way there's actually lasting transformation. So the primal brain, the the reptilian brain, whatever you want to call it, it controls about 95% of everything that we do. And so if that part of your brain doesn't know that what you want is survivable, then it's going to uh, cause you to self-sabotage over and over. And so a lot of uh, what we do to really work with the primal brain includes breathwork practices uh, that can soften the cortex and let you, help you get to the deeper layers of the brain. Uh, sex magic is a practice that I guide people in, which includes um, visualization with their sexual turn-on. So it's this high vibrational state um, of turn-on and uh, doing visualization at the same time. So you're able to, again, it's like a portal to the primal brain. Uh, visualization is actually just in itself is very helpful because very the brain powerful. doesn't differentiate. Yeah, the brain doesn't differentiate between I, I, um, visualization powerful. and reality. 
physical reality. And so if your brain, if you in five senses reality can can know in your body that this is possible for you to survive, then you're going to be more likely, it's going to be easier to, um, to do it, move forward with it in the physical reality. Very interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, in, uh, there are those that don't feel comfortable exposing their bodies to their partner during sex. The, you know, they'll cover up, they make sure the lights are off and, and it's pitch black in the room. Um, how can this affect your sex life, and does it have an effect on how your partner feels about you? Yeah, I think that um, my experience with women that I've worked with is that the more comfortable they are with their sexuality and the more just confident they are, then the less body images and body image issues that they have. Um, so as women, our, our physical appearance is attacked constantly. It doesn't matter what you look like, you're always going to be wrong. And it's just, it's such a really unfortunate part of the world we live in. And it's, it's so sad. And so um, I do work with women a lot on, on healing their relationship with their bodies, healing re- their relationship with themselves, loving themselves so much. So that way they can just feel confident and comfortable. I mean, I've worked with all sorts of women, all different types of bodies, and like they are just so fully expressed in their self-love and their sexuality. And like, it's just, it comes from that internal confidence. Yeah, and you can tell those women, too. It exudes out of them. Yeah, it does. <laughs> um, so for those of us who are unfamiliar with tantric sex, what is tantric sex all about? Why would someone want to explore this? So what Tantra does is it helps sex feel a lot better. So it brings you into the present moment where you're so completely present with your partner or with yourself if it's you know solo sex and um, and it expands the sensations and creates just um, like bigger orgasms better orgasms and it gets to this point where you're able to really um, have like full body orgasms multiple orgasms orgasms in different parts of your body and the foundation of tantric sex is very basic i mean a lot of people hear the word tantra and they can get kind of weird like is that something foreign um you know what what does this mean there are a lot of strange associations with the word tantra but when i'm teaching it i'm focusing on these four principles of breath movement, focus, and sound, which are something all humans have access to. We all have our breath. We can all move. We can all sound. We can all focus. Even if we have ADD, we can figure out how to focus. And so it's bringing these four components together in a way of um, moving the energy through the body, expanding the energy just so that it feels so much better and you're so much more connected so often when people are being intimate together, they're distracted. They're thinking about something else. You know, if a, a guy is trying to last longer and he tries to, you know, he kind of checks out and thinks about baseball or something that's like, you know, the classic thing. Um, like the, the woman he's with can feel that. Like she can feel that he's not there present with her. And it feels like being abandoned in a really intimate moment and somewhat 
some women do it as well. You know, they'll start fantasizing about something um, in order to help them have an orgasm because maybe what's happening is right there isn't doing it for them. And so your partner can feel that. And it's how do we become so present expand the sensations in our body by using these techniques uh, so that way sex can just feel really intimate passionate and amazing we are going to continue our conversation on tantra sex and much more when we come back stay tuned Now back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bilotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. You're listening to Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. This is the Dating and Relationship Show. I'm your host, Laura Bilotta, with TV personality and philanthropist Joan Kelly Walker tonight. And our special guest is Sarah Rose. She is a certified tantra love and relationship coach who helps people rock it in the bedroom so they can rock it in life. Yes, we are talking about sex tonight on the show, uh, so you want to make sure you listen to the very end. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to take my cue right from there. So, Sarah, here's, I don't, I don't know if this is even a weird question, but you're talking about how all humans have breath, movement, focus, and sound, and, and they can bring these in order to move and expand them and be really present. Now, on Netflix and other sources, I've seen programs about uh, tantric sex, and they, you know, they were showing examples of, like, there's a leader online somewhere, and people sign up for it, I guess, and, and it's like an online kind of tutorial that you can take. And that just seems so different from what you're talking about, which is intimate and very personal and really present. So it's like, I can see how that could be confusing for listeners if they're thinking, okay, what Sarah is saying is different from, you know, what I've seen or I've heard. Hey, if I saw it on Netflix, then I know other people have too. <laughs> I haven't I haven't seen that. I'll have to see what I can find and check it out. Uh, so yeah, like I said, there are a lot of people teaching Tantra in a lot of different ways. So I just can, you know, really just speak to how I teach it. Um, but yes, yeah, so I, I do also teach online. So, um, when people are working with me, like I will guide them in these practices. So there's definitely that component of it. Um, but Yes, like as far as the the breath, the movement, the focus and the sound, like the more that we sound, the more the sensations will expand. It also helps us move through any type of mental blocks that we have. And so many people have a lot of mental blocks when it comes to sex. And we have these ideas of what, quote, sex sounds are supposed to be like from porn or from movies things like that and they're kind of like these fake sounds that people you know make for performance but the real sounding that I do with my clients like comes from their genitals it comes from their deep belly like the core of who they are and like really allowing those sounds to express the natural uninhibited sounds that most people are really afraid of because as a society um, as a civilized society, we've been taught that it's not okay for us to make these types of sounds. Um, so that's a really big breakthrough that people have is when they can start to access that part of themselves. 
Um, as far as breath goes, there are specific um, breath practices that um, are associated with Tantra. Um, and then there are other ones that are associated with um, more of the breath work practices that were developed in the 60s and 70s. And depending on what type of results you're wanting to get, um, I guide people in different practices. So, um, for instance, for somebody that has a lot of performance anxiety and they're really in their head, then an open mouth inhale and exhale, which would be more like um, something you would find in holotropic breath work um, or something, uh, a modality like that, is going to help shut down the cortex, that mental control, so you can drop deeper into your body and be more present. Um, a more tantric breath practice that a couple could do together would be both breathing from their genitals. Um, for the woman, it would be the area of her cervix, um, or even if the cervix has been removed, still from that area. Um, and for the man, it would be from his perineum. And so in both partners, inhaling at the same time through their nose, bringing that their breath up their spine to the top of their heads, and then they imagine that they're crossing their breath at the head. So like her breath goes into his head, his breath goes into her head, and then it goes back down their spines to their genitals. And so, of course, there's a lot of visualization, a lot of imagine, imagining happening during this. Our breath can't actually do that. Um, but when you start to synchronize your breath like this, you'll start to notice the connection and the synchron synchronicities that are happening between the two of you. So that would be um, a way that a couple of ways you can use breath practices to help um, sex feel better. And then as far as um, focus, again, just being so present with every single sensation in your body. Um, there's a practice called, um, it's developed by Peter Levine and it's somatic experiencing. And it's really about the, the, the language, the, the language of the sensations that we have in our bodies. And so when you start to notice what you're feeling moment to moment. Maybe you feel some sort of contraction that doesn't feel good um, and you're present with that contraction and you start to notice like, is it blocking your intimacy and how can you move that contraction? Can you breathe into it? Can you sound into it? Can you allow this to move out of your body so that it's no longer inhibiting you? And so um, these sensations we work a lot with and being very focused and present with those help. Uh, and then breath, sound, movement, oh, movement is key. So we are often very habitual in our movement, which is an unconscious way of moving. And so I work with people um, to, like for men, if they typically thrust in one certain way, then we'll do practices where they they practice thrusting in the opposite direction, how they usually do. And they find that it's very difficult because they're so habituated to doing things in a certain way and they have to be really present, really conscious of what they're doing to move in these other ways. So these are just a few of the, the little tricks and techniques that we work with. Well, I'm trying to visualize all this. I think I need to find a boyfriend soon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not into one-night stands. 
<laughs> I guess this wouldn't be something you would practice with someone on a one night stand anyway. <laughs> you know, it depends. Um, I also am single, and uh, most of my tantric practices are done on my own. But when I am, you know, come across another tantric practitioner, it's super fun to try it out together. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> nice. So how often does it happen that the, you know, the person that you meet just says, no, I'm not into that. Sounds weird to me not doing it. No, I actually, most guys are really curious. Um, they're, they are really interested. They, but it's one of those things that like, I can't teach a six month course on like an hour long date, you know? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) There's only so much I can do. (laughs) I can see the guy being keen on trying it for sure. As long yeah, as it, it has to do with sex, sex is involved, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, right. They're in, I would think. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's talk about sexual enlightenment. Um, it's a real important part of your work. You talk about giving and receiving and reaching this new level of intimacy. What exact, exactly is sexual enlightenment, and how can we work on reaching this? Yeah, I... Uh, that's going to mean, again, different things to different people. Some people actually use Tantra as a spiritual practice um, with the the goal of achieving enlightenment. Um, I don't find that that's a very practical goal or realistic goal for most people that are exploring Tantra, and that's not, um, has never been my goal, and it's not how I teach it. So, um I look at sexual enlightenment more as in the term, in the way of like, just, I mean, what is enlightenment? Enlightenment is, is expansion. It's seeing things from a different perspective is having more clarity and more consciousness. So all of these things do happen with Tantra. Um, Does it, is it on the same level as like, you know, Buddha enlightenment? That's, definitely not what I'm teaching people. I don't do not pretend to be an enlightened guru myself. And so how could I, you know, try and teach someone else to be that. But if we're looking at it just from like this perspective of having better sex, more sacred sex, like, I feel like that is, um, that is enlightenment, you know, like moving beyond the typical conventional way that people have had sex for you know, centuries and, and having this new type of sex that is so much more fulfilling that it just takes you like to alter it feels like you're literally going to alternate realities or leaving your body during sex or like having these transcendent moments during sex. Like all of that sounds pretty amazing (laughs) to me and it feels really amazing as well. Do you think that's putting pressure on people? Like, wow, if I'm not having sacred sex or I'm not having this, that type of experience, like, I guess people would be really hard on themselves. Uh, I mean, I think we can do that with anything, you know, but it's really like, an opportunity, I think, more than being hard on ourselves. I mean, people can be hard on themselves if they want, but, like, there's an opportunity for something better and more exciting and more fun and more connected, um, especially for people that are in long-term committed relationships where the mm-hmm. sex tends to die out, where it gets really boring and stale. People quit wanting to have sex. 
because with Tantra, you're working with the energetics of sexuality, it keeps it flowing and fresh. Like the sexual energy keeps moving so it doesn't get stagnant. So it can be really effective for people uh, that are in long-term relationships. And, you know, I don't think it's necessarily something to get hard on yourself about. It's just, um, you know, do you want something different? Then try it. If not, then no worries. So if you tend to be one of those people that have lost attraction to your partner over time, um, is that something that you suggest then? Is there anything else that you suggest to bring back, uh, you know, to life and get uh, bring sex back to life and get the fire going again? Yeah, definitely. Uh, breath practices are really good, but also communication practices. It's really interesting how people in long-term partnerships just tend to stop communicating on really deep levels. It's like when you first meet somebody, you're so excited to learn everything about them. You want to talk for hours. And then, you know, the years go by and you just feel like, oh, I know everything about this person. But we really don't. Our desires change moment to moment. Our fears change moment to moment. What we love about each other changes moment to moment. There's always something new that we can explore. Um, And so I really encourage couples to be curious about their partners and also to continue to develop themselves outside of the relationship. So that way they have something of interest to to bring to the relationship right like when we first meet somebody we're like oh wow you do that you do that you do that that's so cool and then before we know it we're just like oh i know everything about you i stopped doing all the stuff i used to do and you know now i'm just here in this relationship and you know it tends to define people and it gets really boring We need to take a break, but when we come back, we're going to talk about how owning your sexuality can be used to your advantage. Don't go anywhere. Stay with us. Now back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. And we're back. This is the Dating and Relationship Show on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. I'm Laura Bellotta, and sitting in with me tonight is TV personality and philanthropist Joan Kelly Walker. And our special guest is Sarah Rose. She's a certified Tantra love and relationship coach. We're exploring tantric sex, how being more in touch with your sexuality can help your confidence in the real world, performance anxiety, and so much more. Okay, so um, Sarah, you have a lot programs that are aimed at helping women own their sexuality, learning what turns them on and how to use this confidence to their advantage. Why do you think it's so important for women to take control of this? Yeah, so actually I have um, a lot of programs for women and for men also. Um, and But yeah, it's really important to own our sexuality so we can be very confident, kind of like we were discussing at the beginning of the show, like you can tell when a woman is in that state of turned on and her pleasure and she just owns it. And like, there's just a vibrancy that she has. You can tell a man when he has charisma and he has magnetism and it's like what shifts for people is you go from this like survival moment to moment, trying to just figure out life to creating the master plan of your life because our sexual energy is our creative energy. It's the energy that creates new life. 
And so when we're using this energy um, to create our life, if we're not using it for procreation purposes, you're literally creating the master plan of your life and you're just like moving in that direction. And it's so much easier than just trying to figure it out moment by moment. Um, In the book, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, in chapter 11, it's um, the the mystery of sex transmutation, and he talks a lot about this, about um, about how our sexuality is the the driving force for so many of the most successful people in society. And when we castrate people, when we take away their sexuality, when we shame their sexuality. When we tell them they're dirty, they're dangerous, they're bad, they can't be a good wife, they can't be a good mother, all these things that we deal with in regards to our sexuality, that's literally castrating us, like taking, ripping away this important part of who we are. And it it impacts all aspects of our life when that happens. I totally agree with that. Um, my, I, I guess, you know, I'm sort of wondering, like, do men and women want different things in the bedroom. Like after you've explained that, that sort of goes uh, to support both genders. But do you think men and women want different things? And for women, once they've started their own sexuality, how, you know, to to own their sexuality, how can they get uh, working on what they really want in the bedroom? Yeah, I do think that there is, um, there's a gap, but I don't necessarily think that the gap is based on, what we want in the bedroom rather than what we have been conditioned to expect and to give and receive in the bedroom. And so I think that societal conditioning is um, a much bigger gap than what we actually truly desire. Because when I'm working with clients, both men and women, and they come into this state of um, being able to have tantric sex, like they're in the same spot, both men and women, and they're both so just incredibly happy that they're like that they're getting to experience this. Um, and so I think a lot of our uh, deprogramming comes from what's given to us through the media, um, family of origin, peers, all of that, pornography, uh, even religion um, that kind of create this divide that we have as to what people want, the different uh, sexes want in the bedroom. So what do you recommend to people to deal with this societal gap? Like, you know, don't watch that stuff, stay off social media, or like, how do you use that as a tool? Yeah, I mean, so for most of the people that I work with, they tend to decide that um, porn no longer is making their sex life fulfilling or maybe they realize that it never was and so they'll tend to to decide they don't want to watch it anymore um and that that can help um but i think really the main thing is experiencing it for yourself like literally like having these experiences i do so many free um things for people because i want them to just feel it in their bodies so that way they can because you can hear me talk about it and it's not the same as experiencing it in your body and once people feel it they're like oh my god that's what she's talking about mm-hmm. and it's like the the light bulb goes on they're like i want that and you know, so, i think i can um, i can feel people getting excited just listening to the show <laughs> 
One thing that you help people with is making sure that sex is pleasurable for both sides. You also work with men to help them experience orgasm without ejaculation, which is I'm very curious about. What is that, first of all, and why is this important? Yes, so we see like that uh, men have so much conditioning around their ejaculation, around their erections, and it's something that um, once a man is really able to master that aspect of his sexuality, um, it gives him a lot more confidence, a lot more control, a lot more freedom. He's no longer at the mercy of his ejaculation. And so when a man is able to have orgasms without ejaculating, then he can have orgasm throughout the entire time that he's having sex. Whereas wow. traditionally, like a guy can't orgasm until he ejaculates and which is typically at the end of sex. And then, you know, that ends the sexual experience. So this totally changes everything for a man. He can have you know, as many orgasms as he wants um, without having to um, end sex. And and the also, same go for, does the same go for us ladies? Yes, yeah, yeah. So women also can have full body orgasms, multiple orgasms. You know, you can have so many orgasms during sex. And really it comes down to just training your body. Um, because once you once you've done it a few times, like it actually is pretty easy, and it's just like taking the time to train your body. Because we've trained our bodies to experience sexuality in certain ways for decades, and it just takes some new time, takes some time, takes some new training to get to the you know different results. Interesting. I had no clue. Did you, Joan? Well, maybe about the female, but not so much the male. I didn't know yeah. men could. I'm sure there's a lot of women and women out there listening, thinking, okay, I've got my pen. Where, what's the website again? How do I do that? How do I learn that? We need to take a break. But when we come back, we're going to talk about how to deal with performance anxiety. We have answers for you here on the Dating and Relationship Show. Don't go anywhere. Listening to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. We're having a very, very interesting conversation tonight on the Dating and Relationship Show. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. I'm your host, Laura Bellotta, with uh, Joan Kelly Walker. And Sarah Rose is our special guest tonight. She's a certified Tantra Love and Relationship Coach. We're talking all about sex tonight and how to get that fire going once again we lose uh, once we lose attraction towards our partner dealing with performance anxiety which we're going to talk about right now now performance anxiety can be a big issue for people feeling that pressure to perform well sexually is something that a lot of people deal with and it can lead to disappointment um, and disappointing intimate encounters and, and really can take a, a hit to your confidence. How can someone who has issues performing in the bedroom learn to deal with this and move on? Yeah, there are a few ways to go about this. And often, you know, men are the ones that we notice performance uh, anxiety with because it shows up very externally for them. Like they will uh, ejaculate quickly or they will have a hard time having getting an erection, things like that. How or anxiety? They, Can they have anxiety attacks? Is that part of it? 
Um, yeah, I mean, they definitely could if it was bad enough. Um, it's also very common for men just to not be able to ejaculate at all. Like, they'll just go for a long time and not be able to ejaculate. So it shows up in those ways. And then typically, like, the female gets very frustrated by it, and she may not react in the best way. And then it just kind of spirals the whole thing, and it gets worse and worse. But women also really struggle with this. Like, women have a lot of pressure, um, you know, to have a lot of orgasms or to squirt, um, things like that. And if they're not doing it, sometimes the men that they're with get upset with them. And so it's, uh, there's a lot of emotional development that people need to do in relationship and just grow up for one. And, you know, but also realizing our bodies are not robotic. Like you can have an off day. You can have a day where things just you know, happen different than it usually does. And it doesn't necessarily mean anything is wrong with you or your partner or the relationship or anything. So, um, but ways to, to deal with it again, are the open mouth inhale and exhale, um, that I guide people in so that again, helps you get out of the mind, get you into the body, into the experience moment by moment. So everything that I teach helps with this like just getting you super present so you're not in your head thinking worrying stressing that stress again is going to shut down the drive for procreation the drive for sex and it's going to wreak havoc on everything um and then also creating a new identity this is something that we do uh specifically around performance anxiety because a lot of people will carry this identity of somebody that doesn't show up in bed in the way they want to for a long time and they will show up as that person over and over and over and so we work around creating a new identity who do you want to show up as and then um, starting to really embody this feel very comfortable and confident in this new identity so that way when they're in bed they can you know when the other one starts to show up they're like hey no this isn't your time you don't have a place here and like the confident uh, part of them is who shows up in that in that moment. Hmm. So, Sarah, that's great for everyone who wants to have sex, but you've talked about the fact that some people just stop wanting sex. So, like, what does that mean? How does it affect people? And why would someone just all of a sudden stop? So, it can happen for several reasons. It can be that there's something going on in the relationship. It can be something that there's a lot of stress happening. Um, typically, the reasons that we see, quote, dead bed happen in long term relationships when people just stop having sex is um, there is erectile dysfunction happening or menopause happening. There's uh, children in the house and they just feel like they don't have privacy. There are, um, they're just bored from the sex being boring for so long. They don't want it anymore. And there's recently been an illness or an injury or weight gain. And then one of the partners doesn't, you know, isn't really feeling up to having sex. Uh, So these are typically the reasons why we see it happen. Um, But also, we have this like limerence period when the when we first meet somebody and it's the rose colored glasses, the romantic love period of the relationship where everything is just amazing. We don't see each other's flaws and you know, it's just like you're so in love and this is 
driven by uh, low levels of serotonin, high levels of dopamine and adrenaline. But that part of um, the relationship can only last four to 18 months because our brains can't handle those high levels of the, the dopamine and adrenaline, low levels of serotonin for any longer, or we would literally go crazy. Hmm. So it, it ends. Um, the purpose of it is for us to procreate during that time. Uh, and then after that, we go into this oxytocin connected attachment period of love. Um, and so when we start to like come to our senses again, after falling in love, um, all of the past stuff, all of our hangups, all of our conditioning, all of our trauma, all of that comes roaring back the religious conditioning the societal conditioning like biology kind of shuts all of that down for that initial period but then it comes back and like the reality of who we are and all the stuff we have to deal with is we're very present with it again and so we see a lot of people shutting down sexually at that point so i think like the first step to rectify that situation would be to recognize like your own personal issues right and identify them is that where you start yeah and sometimes it's hard to identify them though because if they're buried in the subconscious or unconscious we may not even realize what's there and so that's why working with a coach that can help you like bring these things to your conscious awareness is going to help your growth um, and help you move through these things a lot faster. So if somebody's never been to a coach, what do they expect? Well, it depends on the coach that you're working with. Um, if how do they they're working with you? Yeah. Yeah. So if they're working with me, um, I do my programs as group coaching programs. They're online. Uh, and we will work through issues around the emotional and the psychological aspects of our sexuality, what it is that's holding this, holding us back. Um, but we're also working on the physical level and training our bodies in new experiences of having sex. So it's all guided through pre-recorded um, audio guides that I give people, the sexual component of it. Um, and then the emotional and the uh, psychological aspect of it we'll do in live uh, live online programs together. Uh, that's the end of our show, guys. Sarah, thank you so much for joining us tonight. You were very informative. Where can people learn more about you? Um, maybe they're interested in, in perhaps taking one of your courses. Where, where can they do that? Yes, yeah, so I my website is tantricactivation.com, T-A-N-T-R-I-C, activation.com. On Instagram, I'm also tantricactivation, same on Facebook. Twitter is I am Sarah Rose. Sarah has two R's, so S-A-R-R-A-H, Rose, R-O-S-E. Thank you so much. And Joan, where can people find you? I'm at joankellywalker.com or joankellywalkerofficial. And you can find me on Instagram, Official Laura Bellotta, or the Dating and Relationship Show page on Instagram. And you can check out my website, singleinthecity.ca, for virtual dating events, date coaching, and personal matchmaking with me, Laura B. <laughs> okay, have a good night, everybody. 